Today's guest is one of the most respected sales development leader in India. Archana and I have collaborated on various occasions in the past. We hosted a webinar on the growth path of SDRs, brainstormed other ideas. She is just full of brilliant ideas, by the way, and you will see why. SDRs today who are starting their job or career today and making their first move, or even the 10-year-old ones, do not understand how the variable structure in different companies work and how to really compare all the structures you know, which are available out there when negotiating an offer. Archana throws light on how the current model work, where they're broken, how they're broken, what is broken, and how to fix them. Let's welcome Archana Lokesh. Thank you so much, Archana, to give us your time on a Sunday. Uh, this is Sunday, right? Yeah, <laughs> we lose we lose track of time. All right, thank you so much once again, Archana. Welcome to the show. Uh, I know it, it was like long awaited. You are, you, you were, uh, I had to chase you like for two months, three months? Three months, probably. <laughs> three months, yeah. Okay, thanks for being honest. <laughs> All right. So today, um, we, we're going to talk about something which is related to money. A lot of people get uncomfortable with the topic. But I think uh, as long as you're in sales, you can't deny the fact that, you know, you have to deal with money on a daily basis. And a lot of people get into sales thinking that, you know, it's going to, they're going to earn a lot of money. And some people do, some people do not. Uh, we, we, talk, we talk today about the incentive structure for the SDRs, all right? And especially in India, I think there's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of um, structure to way uh, the comp- the way companies are designing these uh, you know incentive plans because most of them have no idea how they, how do, how do they even do it right most of them uh, look at west and uh, you know simply imbibe few of the practices and that turn out to be a total failure for the person because an sdr who whose job is to book meetings now is dealing with hey i have to worry about qualification i have to worry about you know, deal value. Just, I mean, he does not even know that. He or she does not even know that when they're booking these meetings. So, yeah, I mean, the floor is all yours, Archana. Uh, feel free to throw. Uh, and let me ask you a question, actually. Uh, can you talk about why, why is there a split in the, in the, when, when you enter into sales? Why, why, why are we talking about variable and there's a fixed plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, first of all, uh, Rahul, for having me on the podcast, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> channels that I actually don't miss at any cost. Uh, but I know like I've been pretty kind of uh, busy to kind of be on this, uh, but I'm so excited to kind of be on this podcast today. And this is one of my favorite topics around commissions and SDR incentives or variable pay, uh, it has been called in different terms in the industry. Uh, but I think people join uh, sales initially, like back in like 10 years, decade ago, people used to join sales directly and they were split into possibly like telemarketing who kind of call and fix meetings and then give it to an account, a manager or an executive. But today the sales development role has grown like uh, really so huge in the market. The companies have started seeing what is the worth of having the frontline people to kind of call their uh, visitors, could be the web visitors, people mm-hmm. who signed up for trial, or even when they want to kind of chase the top 100 companies, they want to be like possibly a logo on their website. So they mm-hmm. have to use the deal. Uh, but I think this is a sales role, like sales development is part of sales and probably one of the reasons why people think that they should be like a structure wherein people make fixed pay 
and also make it variable as a part of it so that there is that motivation there is that challenge for people to kind of go ahead and make their incentives and definitely if the sales role for example the sales development role is not incentivized or there is no mm-hmm. variable pay this just becomes like more or less a operational role and the inputs would just not matter and it is just about the output but is that output measured can you measure it on a yearly basis for a performance review no not at all this is something a monthly review needs to be done and i think incentives and targets are kind of a thing that keeps the sdrs motivated and on their toes mm-hmm. to kind of achieve more so that is one of the reasons i think like we should have a variable pay as part of the ote um i think also within the ote we have fixed pay and ote on the variable pay or actually no, sorry to cut you short i think a lot of people might not understand the term ote can you elaborate mm-hmm. so ote is the overall uh, ctc the on target earnings that people would make mm-hmm. so possibly like to break it in simple like any sdr or a bdr for the inbound or outbound the structure of their uh, ctc would be fixed pay and the variable pay and variable pay is something that people get to make when they kind of hit their targets now if you ask me what is the global standards for that usually i go with uh, trish bertuzzi's uh, bridge report bridge report yeah the last 7 years i've seen it really evolve and i remember like initially we used to have the reports which only covered for the sdr metrics but i think in the last 5 to 6 years we have started seeing even the outbound numbers being covered separately right. so both of these roles are different so for example an sdr who qualifies a lead which comes to the website and a bdr who calls outbound their targets could be different their variable pay structure or the components could be different but mm-hmm. usual standard is around 65% as their fixed pay and 35% as their variable uh so this is pretty much standard across the companies uh that i have actually spoken to as well so mm-hmm. i think that is still a very good mixture of uh, having their uh, overall ctc broken down into okay that that sounds great uh i do have a follow up question should why should we consider that report given that that report has been built let's say keeping the us audience in mind and we are talking about i mean a lot of audience we would have would probably be sitting in india so they might say hey you know what those are the numbers for the us why should we why should we pay attention to those numbers that's a great question but actually i think uh, the bridge group tried to kind of research people across the globe and i myself have participated in most of their research and surveys uh, so i think they literally kind of do a research for almost about like 250 to 300 plus people across the globe mm-hmm. so that is a mixture of the uh, details that they have got or the results or from the different surveys they have done across geographies but i have to tell you no plan or like no benchmark is like stoned right like it is kind of uh, ed- uh, easily editable to based on the company's business based on what our business is into which is our sweet spot for example uh, i was speaking to a ceo of a company who sells heavily into smb market Mm-hmm. and pretty much they are transitioning into their medium and enterprise business now so pretty much when they were only focused on smb they had targets which was easily between 12 to 15 uh, accepted opportunities but uh, they considered the same targets when they bought in commercial and enterprise reps 
was the commercial and enterprise rep motivated with those targets can they get that number definitely not so when they went back and tweaked those numbers and gave a realistic target kind of it changed the behavior of the people as well so i think that is another part where you have to kind of understand what is my company into what product am i selling who is my persona is it finance is it hr is it sales uh, to which segment are we selling it to and what kind of transactions do we already see in inbound so what could be an ideal number for outbound so there is a lot of metrics that goes into this but i think a baked plan keeping all of this factors into consideration might probably be a realistic plan that sounds amazing and i do have a follow up question which i'm going to park till the end where we will talk about how do we uh, let's say if there's a founder or leader of a saas company they're doing this for the first time never done it before how do they go about designing the incentive structure like you said uh, it lot depends a lot on um, what kind of persona are you selling to because there will be a lot of variables so let's talk about that uh, in a bit uh, mm-hmm. before that let's talk about the current situation uh, especially in india and the current challenges let's say faced by early stage founders companies who have been in the business for a few years now what are the few challenges you have seen and then i can probably throw some light from my end i would say like this is gonna be a teething challenge with most of the companies who have just started or have been mm-hmm. in the market uh for like less than 2 years but nevertheless even companies pretty much who are matured with their product and in the market have been seeing the same challenge when they build their sdr and bdr teams mm-hmm. i'm just being specific about sdr and bdr because in my experience i've always right. seen these two are very different role an sdr who tries to qualify a lead and a bdr who tries to make an opportunity or like to find a entry in the door are really two different roles and i think that is the initial thing uh, that it should be easier but when i come to uh, the challenges that here in the market i usually speak to couple of co-founders ceos partners investors and at the same time also speak to the reps who are part of these companies as well mm-hmm. to understand like where do they see a red flag and i think pretty much what i hear is like the variable pay and the fixed pay is pretty much kind of very steep cut off possibly like a uh, uh either on the good side where they have 80% as their fixed and just 20% as the variable which doesn't mm-hmm. motivate the rep as much <laughs> on the other side we have like 40% or 45% as fixed and rest of it is variable that is also a hard stretch for the reps to kind of make their number and i think uh, the reps have uh, different targets uh, based on their seniority or like their uh, market or possibly could be when they join the company and i don't think that is ideal and the team uh, leaders whoever or the head of sales development or business development doesn't even kind of have clarity into their targets until unless the sales targets are clear yeah. and until unless they get a go ahead from sales right so probably i have seen like until 15th or 20th of the month 
they might be not even have the targets so i always feel it is very crucial for us to kind of work way before to kind of get that targets but this is one of the common challenges that i have heard that they don't even know what is the targets they have to work against so what happens is probably until 15th of the month they are doing everything they can to just pull in some numbers automatically when you release targets they could be a challenge either people like that number or doesn't like that number could be realistic or not but i think inbound and outbound reps again have the same targets which is not realistic uh for example at times the inbound rep might have a target of a bdr very low numbers but an outbound rep might have very high numbers like an sdr in couple of companies or both of these baked into one i don't think that is an ideal way and i've never seen any rep tell me like that has worked for them uh so probably like the challenge that we are seeing in the market today is are we speaking out loud and hearing from our reps what mm-hmm. challenges do we align with the company revenue goals do we align with our sales leader goals do we understand if our sdrs understand what contribution they are doing to the aes pipeline i think these are couple of challenges that i see mm-hmm. in the market and like i on a daily basis hear from people saying like how can we kind of get this better i think something isn't working and on the other hand the most important piece is spiff is not a very uh, likable thing for <laughs> most of the sales leaders uh, they might think like why should i pay my rep when i'm already paying the variable pay uh, but spiff is on top of the variable pay on top of the fixed pay on top of the ctc when you expect your reps to go way beyond the uh, set targets right so i think spiff is another topic that i have seen where there are a lot of uh, animosity today and people don't have clarity around what they want to do wow these are actually some of the challenges i already had in mind i would have probably a different spin on uh, you know how you want to solve this problem but let's first, first let's let's do this thing okay arshna so you listed like about five or six major problems okay and i am thinking from a point of view of someone who is probably trying to get into sales and again their their first path would be sdr so what kind of things would they be looking at let's say when they're joining the company okay does this company so how do they judge for example let's start from their point of view i'm let's say a person some someone who's trying to get into an sdr role and i don't have a lot of options i get, i have offers from two or three companies uh, i'm assuming that fixed salary is probably same in all the categories all the three companies how do i decide which company has the better incentive structure are are there some matrix they can look at that's a great question actually taking a step back right sure. is variable pay calculated by just one parameter or by multiple parameters that's a very important thing to mm-hmm. ask i have seen uh, when we are interviewing people most of them don't even ask like what is my variable like they ask the question what is my variable pay or what is the percentage but they don't ask like what is the variable pay kind of uh, being calculated based on what are the different parameters at your organizations that you look at so i would say for a candidate they should just try to understand one thing hey can you tell me a little more about how the variable pay is calculated at your company Mm-hmm. is it based on opportunities accepted or is it based on the pipeline built by sdr bdrs or is it based on the closure of opportunities 
Uh, I've also seen a couple of companies driving their in uh, incentive plan also by number of activities, which is uh, pretty much the inputs, I would say. But I should say like the uh, SDR or BDR manager should kind of monitor the inputs on a daily and a weekly basis to see like, uh, what are they kind of doing and like what is kind of getting them results? Different people have different kind of a way to work. So inputs is pretty much just a kind of, a, I should say, like a benchmark to kind of follow or to kind of understand what has kind of given them results in the past. But I would say like always the variable pay should be calculated based on as much as possible one or two parameters and definitely not on closure. I am not a big fan of that because I don't think the SDR can contribute in any way for the closure. So usually the SDR's opportunities should be checked based on does this company look very similar to the deal that I've closed in the past or like are a customer? Do they have a need or a problem that we can solve? Mm -hmm. And uh, do they have a tech stack or are they looking for a tech stack that fits their requirements? And rest of it is all timeline and budget. Most of them follow band. So pretty much the AEs have already qualified that opportunity and moved into the pipeline. But I think when these lead comes in until the closure, there are different people involved. For example, market is involved in getting that lead or kind mm -hmm. of creating that brand in the market. The SDR team is kind of... Uh, more focused on closing or uh, qualifying the lead or kind of trying to understand like is this something my AE has to spend time on and probably like they nurture a couple of leads and get them back on track later when the time is right but an AE should only be focused on qualifying and taking them into his pipeline and later whatever happens is kind of I think a sales kind of a process and I think this if the sales SDR has to wait for the sales to be closed then I think they lose that track and probably for someone where an SDR BDR tenure is around 14 to 18 months the first four months goes in settling in and ramping yeah. up and start kind of hitting their numbers. The next six months, they start showing some stability. And probably after that, once they are like an year, year and a half old, they start kind of overachieving their numbers. But if they have to kind of move on roles, and that is kind of uh, pretty much predicted based on the closure and they have to wait for the variable, I don't think that leaves kind of a great... Uh, a motivation for the uh, SDRs. So I think I agree on either meeting schedule, like meetings accepted or either like on a pipeline target, but probably I think you should have even seen the same thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think uh, I remember from the report, uh, probably the, this year's report, the, you, what you said is on the same lines that less of the number of matrix, easier it is for everybody to track. At the same time, easier it is for even SDRs to think, okay, you know what? I don't have to worry about three different things. What if I get the company, right company, but, uh, and you know, it's a band qualified and what if the deal value is less than what they had speculated, right? You can't, you can't really think about the deal value and uh, especially the closure part, which is totally not in your control. Neither is the deal value if you think about it, because if SDR got a meeting from the accounts, which were assigned to him or her, technically, you know, they have done their job. They have got you the decision maker, which is band yeah. qualified, right? They can afford your product, but maybe uh, as a company, you were your, your revenue goal was, let's say, 
based on 10 deals. And this deal is, let's say, one third of that deal. So it's not SDR's fault, technically, right? It could be based on the requirement. So they yeah. have a budget, your, your product, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yep. So I think uh, this is for everybody who's probably trying to join a new company, uh, all the SDRs. Uh, please do look into the number of matrix. Please do have this conversation very early. Uh, I would add to one more point, uh, Arjuna, when you said a lot of companies I've seen do not offer a ramp period. Yep. So what I've realized is when I was an SDR or when I've actually rolled out offers in the past or, uh, you know, we, what, one thing that I always want to make sure is that reps just do not have to worry about earning their incentive in the first two months because they shouldn't, they might not be able to. In fact, they should yeah. not, they would not be able to because they're settling in. It, one month will probably be spent just learning the product. They're coming from a different market altogether. So if you're holding on to their incentive, and then, then you're simply telling them, hey, you know what, we probably don't care about you and it's okay if you go because we don't care, right? So uh, what I've seen, Archana, is the RAM period typically ranges from two to four months, depending on the product, depending on the kind of company you're uh, entering at the same time. I'm sure it, uh, what I've, another thing which I've realized is founders are kind of, uh, you know, stingy in this part where they'd be like, you know what, we're going to pay you fix for the three months or four months or whatever. But once you start hitting, this is how... Number one, they don't have the clarity. Number two, they're not sure that the program, the training program they have is going to work. So they're just testing waters at times and uh, they do not end up paying. And what end up happening is uh, SDRs end up leaving and joining another company. Yeah, pretty much a challenge that I've heard as well. I think one is the RAM period is very important, just not with the per se of the product, the process, the technology that they have to get acquainted. Possibly they might have not even used this technology in their previous company. Uh, so it takes time. And on the other hand, like even culture plays a very important thing. People need to sit through at least four to five team meetings or like their one-on-ones with the manager or a coaching session to even understand like what kind of is the right thing that they are doing. They need to experiment. But if you don't allow the SDR BDR to experiment the new product, the new market, the new persona and what they have learned in the training and from their previous experience, then I think you're not letting them breathe. You're just giving them a set of accounts and asking them to go after and get your number. So probably if they don't hit the number in the very first month, they might not even make their variable pay. And if you think that you can only pay variable pay after three months, once they start hitting their number, okay, fine. You don't have any targets. You take your ramp period and you just settle in. I don't pay for the incentive. I think even that is not an ideal way. So probably like getting a ramp period very clear, and trying to understand what their ramp target would be, possibly start the second or the third month with half quota, then exactly. 75% of the quota, then 100% of the quota. So by then people would have that sense of achievement when they're able to hit that half 50% target. And that would kind of even lift their uh, confidence to hit the number. Mm-hmm. But a very important point that you spoke about, are they sure about the training that they have given will work? I would recommend every leader to kind of invest in a sales enablement person who specifically looks up after SDRs or BDRs, probably in a very early stage of building the teams as well. Uh, because that person knows all the up and downs the team has gone through 
way to train them, what to bring the best out of them, repeat that training for everyone who comes on board. Once that becomes a process, then I think it is easy to document. It is easy to kind of get people go through it. I think one of the important factor also is for people to hit their number. They might want to have a sales enablement person who is focused on SDRs and BDRs. No, totally. I think uh, I'm realizing that right now that I need to have uh, probably a sales enablement person as soon as possible. And um, so anybody who's uh, probably an SDR or probably uh, early stage founder, I think this message is for everybody. So do have a ramp period because I'll tell you why. Uh, you think, you know, you have you, your, your product is so great, your company is so great, and you, you have great investors. Uh, you understand that SDR might not be thinking like that, right? From SDR's point of view, I have two offers. Uh, both are offering me 10 lakhs fixed. And uh, both are offering me, let's say, similar incentive structure because now companies are getting competitive. One company is offering me three months ramp period. That means I will get that money. I will get the full incentive on those three months. I would get, so basically what you're telling, what you're, the message which you're sending is, we are paying you to learn. That, that is, that, that's what it shows that you care. But what, what, instead, if you say that, hey, you know what, work for us three months, we're not sure about training plan and we'll see how ha things happen in three months, after three months. Second thing, which I would highly uh, stress on is do clarify this in your incentive structure, in your offer letter. How, the, how, how are you going to incentivize them? And if you're an SDR, I see even senior SDR do not ask a lot of times, hey, how would you even calculate that ramp? Or how would you even calculate my incentive? Uh, I mean, if you're not having this conversation, you're actually telling the interviewer as well that you're not serious about the game. You're probably going to come here, worry about your fixed because that's what a lot of people uh, do when they're negotiating with me. Hey, Rahul, I need this much fixed. And I tell them, hey, you know what? Do you realize that how much money can you make if you just hit 120% in my company? That's insane. I mean, sometimes I feel like I should be an SDR. I should be hitting that number. <laughs> yeah, very true. I feel like at times the SDR, BDRs hesitate to ask that questions around variable pay, probably because they might think like, if I ask a question, then what if the interviewer doesn't like, but probably that is the most interesting question any leader would want to hear from someone who is interviewing. Being transparent, adding that verbatim in the offer letter on how the variable pay is calculated is very important. Plus, do this SDR, BDR see their numbers in real time? Do they know how to do the calculation? Is it easy enough to just put some simple formula on the Excel and they throw the numbers, which is their dream number and set a goal for themselves as a personal goal. Can I make this money? I think the incentive plan should be as simple as that where an SDR or a BDR can go back and make their own calculator or provide calculators to them in an Excel spreadsheet if you can't afford a technology-based tool. But I think these are very important parameters where clarity is key. Do your SDR, BDR understand where they stand in the teams? What revenue are they contributing? As a team, how are you aligned with the sales leader? And does the sales leader see that you guys are a source of pipeline and a source of revenue? how to kind of train you on things that you fail or like may need up improvement. Do you observe the patterns? Like these are key things. I don't believe in start of the year, we do all the sales kickoff in US <laughs> or like in Goa, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But later not worry about rest of the year, how these targets are hit or what is the patterns they are seeing. 
not even taking a step back and understanding what geographies do we support what business segments do we support whom are we speaking to for example if i'm speaking to a cfo and i'm expecting my team to hit possibly like an overachieved number in india in march i think there is a little bit of an hesitation there because even sales team know that that march month is like a like a winding up month for the whole company the financial year and probably they might actually uh, try to close the deals way before march 15 so they mm. are not stuck on the 31st of the month so do we have the considerations for the sdr bdr how are we planning our whole quarter do we know like what is the goals that the sdr has to take for the whole h1 if not for the h2 at the start of the year yeah you know what is the targets for h1 i think these are very key things and uh, probably like most of them might actually think let me work on this or like let me tell my sales or person to work but probably might miss out on that i've always seen asking the team these questions about what makes them good what doesn't make them good in their incentive plan what is an ideal target you can actually come into a lot of senses there about what is an ideal number for your own product for your company now totally i think uh, all of this makes sense Let's go back to the challenges which you raised earlier, Archana, and uh, could you offer some of the solutions to those respective challenges? I think, uh, for example, even if it is a very matured SDR, PDR team, or even mm-hmm. a company which is kind of just starting off and they just have three or four people, uh, so I think for even the co-founders or like, for example, the CEOs of a small company, they just have a three-member team. possibly the question here is not about how many people we have on the team but the question is about what is your revenue goal for the year and which segments do you serve and what is the employee size or like the are you selling the product for the whole company or are you selling it for a part of a team for example they could be technologies that you can sell only for marketing do you know like what is the strength of the marketing organizations and what is the usual number of agents they buy pretty much in a saas environment i think we can do this predictions very much in earlier mm-hmm. and then take a step back and i would always recommend people to kind of get their sales goal their company goal in clarity once they have that company goal then they work backwards saying that what is going to come from sales right and what is going to come from possibly the existing customer business new business and existing right. customer business then break it down again new business by okay fine what is a sales leader kind of gonna do for his pipelines resources one is gonna be the sdr through an inbound channel or i have to say like a marketing effort uh, led channel the second is do you have outbound team members the third is like do you have partners or any kind of an integration vendors that is working along with you do they contribute anything to your new business or existing business then check about like a couple of companies to also have like some uh possibly an ae bot in pipeline as well through outbound so once you have all of that focus on the sdr bdr what percentage of pipeline have they contributed in the past and if you don't have the data what is the percentage you want them to contribute to the sales pipeline then do a backward batch by if this is going to be an ideal number for a rep to hit the number how many reps do you need to kind of hit that number 
possibly if you have a target of like 100k for a month and you know like uh, 2.5 or 3x is the pipeline that an ae needs to kind of close that number then 300k and possibly you give that to 20k per rep but please have a bandwidth like have a person on bench have extra resources on the str bdr team to kind of overachieve that number for example like if you are talking about company culture and if you are there for your people then always know there'll be one or two people who might really have an emergency might not be able to make that month number right not be around they might be getting married they might be having a kid have you counted all that factors in and added extra additional two resources because when the entire team is completely present in that month or the quarter it's a bonus for you if they make more numbers with the additional resources but when they aren't there right they still fill in the gap for those people so do you have this metrics broken down then go back and think is your company more relied on one or two enterprise deals or like a very big commercial deal so should you increase the weightage on the pipeline or possibly should you increase the pipeline on the number of opportunities that is kind of qualified by an ae to take it forward if there is a two way conversation happening give the uh steering wheel to your ae to kind of decide to kind of take that forward but at the same time monitor what is going in your lost opportunities and try to kind of tighten the thing there to kind of see is there something that the sdrs or the bdrs can do there is a lot of learning process here one plan doesn't gonna fit for rest of the year but at least do we have clarity on the goals what are the parameters that need should go into the variable plan for example the components can't be more than 2 i have never seen components more than 2 being kind of given that much of a clarity to sdr bdr yeah uh, but probably i think i'm able to speak about this because i've been in this sdr bdr role for over 10 years now but trust me a college grad who might just hire to be an sdr and i'm throwing three or four different components for him to make the incentive probably he'll never understand how is all of this related back to the company goals so a sdr totally. or a pdr leader needs to sit down help them understand how these goals are tied and if your plan is simple you can explain the rep in a simple words please ask them to summarize back that to you do they understand or do they have any questions can they tell you back of their head like what is the amount they are going to make if they overachieve that is very very important and not to forget try to get dashboards up try to have like possibly a technology that would show people's numbers on a daily basis that mm-hmm. is a very important parameter so that they spend more time trying to understand how the plan works when their number doesn't go up or when their number goes up on the board and possibly my last step would be around spiff uh but i would like to hear from you like what have you done for the spiff so uh, long and what do you think is a big challenge over there except the budget sure uh so uh, like you said you know a lot of people think uh, that hey we are already giving money fixed then variable and then we are spending so much so let, let me let me break few things down for you all the companies who have gone completely remote let's be honest you have a ton of budget now which you were spending on the electricity and what not you have that budget available okay now you only have to spend that on sdrs okay if you have a 100 employee company and you have 8 sdrs you're only spending the and let's assume that you were spending 10000 per month on each employee every month so 100 employees would be about 10 lakhs right 
Now, I'm not, I'm not asking you to spread that 10 lakhs into eight people. I'm saying take two lakhs maybe out of that, 20% of that money. You're still saving 80%. Invest that money into your spiff because if your SDRs are motivated, number one thing you have to understand is the market is very competitive. Companies like me who are offering better spiffs, I will swoop away all your SDRs if you're not, <laughs> if you're not offering good spiffs, okay? Um, another problem with the spiff, like when, when the companies even offer is uh, they would offer something very small which which does not probably motivate them enough. So it has to, I'm not saying that, you know, offer lakhs and lakhs. I'm not saying offer MacBooks or, you know, those things. I mean, if you can probably tie that to a deal closure, but again, that will depend on a lot of factors. If your deal, uh, if your uh, sales cycle is too long, you know, they will not, never see that. Uh. So one thing I would say when you're planning your spiffs is um, number one, make sure that a lot of people are at least eligible for it at least more than 50% of people are eligible for it. They can at least see something at the end of the light. Oh, you know what? This, this looks achievable. It should be achievable. It should not be something which is totally unachievable. So to give you an example, let's say if your team is hitting, uh, you have a quota of eight meetings a month, eight opportunities a month, everybody's hitting that. Maybe maybe make a quota, some, maybe make a spiff like if you hit 10, you know, which is just two more, you get this. You obviously make more money in variable if you hit those two, but yeah. If you hit 10 or, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever number which you are expecting them to, uh, you know, um, achieve, you know, they, they will achieve that. Uh, I think SPIF stands for Sales Performance Incentive Fund, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. So you understand it's like you're kind of giving them a nudge. Hey, you know what? Can you do a little more? If you do a little more, I'm going to not only pay you money, I'm going to offer you some other incentive. It could be a reward. It could be a voucher. It could be 5,000, 10,000 rupees voucher. So uh, one of the other things which I've seen in the previous companies are uh, only one person can achieve that number. Now, while that makes it competitive, I am not sure. Sometimes, you know, what I've seen is the RC is like, you know what, uh, they already give up way before. They're like, you know what, I can't, I can't achieve that because it's only one person is only going to get it. And most of the time, it's only one person who's been getting the spiff over and again. That kind of demotivates the other person. They were like, you know what, I'm not going to even make it. I'm too far. Make it such that everybody can achieve it, okay? If not everybody, at least more than 50% of your team should be yep. should think you know they can achieve it. So in my company, the way it works is you get um, you get you finish 100%, you get a certain number which is like paid in cash, okay? If you meet uh, one to 33% of the number, you get another cash, okay? And uh, and I think I can say this confidently that we have the best incentive structure without giving any numbers in uh, writing or in the, on the show. If you achieve one thirty-three percent of your quota on the, the quarterly quota, you can actually make three x of your variable, three x, by simply putting thirty-three percent effort. You can actually make two hundred percent more. Why would you not do that? And that's achievable for everybody, not just one person. So everybody achieves that. Everybody gets that three x number. Yep. So that, that's, that's my thought on Spiff. I'm all ears to hear yours. So I just made some notes, quickly grabbed <laughs> some uh, notepad and just made some notes. But I think this is actually a very great point that you raised. You never build Spiff plans for an individual. It is for the team. So yeah. if you want 50 to 60% of your team to outperform, build plans so realistic that they're able to kind of get that number. Because once they start hitting that number, they set a standard that even 120% is a low benchmark. 
right you see like 50 60% of your team overachieving which brings up the whole teams uh, it just balances out the overall target that we need to hit for the company and another thing i was thinking also was like for example every sales organization right is made up of quarters and a quarter has 3 months so probably if you want to kind of even drive performance and want to kind of not break your head by the quarter end that my team is still at to kind of schedule calls we know the sdr bdr roles the meetings that they set up probably anything that is set in the last month which just kind of spill over to the following months do we have a plan in companies wherein we can motivate our sdr bdrs to kind of overachieve their first two months number so the sales pipeline is so healthy that they need not have to worry about what's coming in the third month and that's flows for the next quarter right so do we have quarter spaves on top of your monthly spaves or your monthly variable pay that is driving the sdr bdr to achieve their number in advance trust me like that is gonna take away so much of stress on the rep that is gonna take away so much of stress on the sales teams so much of stress on the sdr leaders because they know they are on top of their game by mid of the quarter another thing is like pretty much that i've heard in every company or every rep complains to me is like archana i am the top i am in the top 5 always on the mm. team for example in a team of 40 50 sdr bdrs but you know like i just found a deal which was like 150 160% of my incentive but the company tells me now that they have capped the limit and they can't pay me anything more than 120% and this is not gonna motivate the people to kind of hit or overachieve the number you might always have the two or three people on your team or like one or two deals it is a star deal that might come in try to kind of progress those deals and pay what is kind of uh, eligible for those sdr bdrs mm-hmm. because setting up even higher cap limit like for example 250 or 300% might actually be a motivation for star performers and that might push rest of the team as well to understand like what money is that other person making and what capability do we have i always use this phrase for my teams don't leave money on the table when you have the capability to make it true true uh, it is just not that your company is not giving you at times even if you have you just leave that money on the table because you just don't understand the math of how this is calculated or you don't know like that one deal if you had pushed a little bit harder might have come through this month and that might have got you to 200% so this is gonna go to like kind of get back to basics right like do we understand what is that extra money we need to make like what is that i can make in this company uh what is like i always share with my team their mtd numbers on a real time basis where they are and i also show them like qtd numbers where do they stand and also not to forget ytd numbers where do they stand because i always want the team to be on the top 3 when we go with global organization so that is a good mm. way to motivate them to fill in the blanks and for companies which are smaller where they have the entire global sdr team sitting out of one place i think it is very important for them also to kind of show like are these people the top 2 to 3 people that is kind of like overachieving or like the ytd number what they can participate and stuff so even if i was out for like 15 days vacation or a week vacation in between hmm. they would know where they need to catch up to make that number right right now totally makes sense 
I think there's one thing which I just realized, Archana, I would like to probably add for everybody. And this is something which has kind of uh, benefited me in different ways. So typically what happens is most of the companies, the way they split their structure is, so let's say they're offering somebody a 12 lakh salary. A lot of companies would go for, and this is like a, first of all, uh, something which you should never do, offering everybody a different split. This is something which I've seen with even like bigger companies, even in India right now, like a lot of SaaS companies, or some offering somebody 70-30 split, 80-20, 90-10, I don't know, uh, different, right? So number one, have one split for everybody. Second, one of the things which has worked great for me is offering everybody the same variable structure. So let me let me let me say what I mean. If I'm offering somebody, uh, let's say my, my structure is simple as that 70-30, I'm offering somebody a 10 lakhs uh, CDC, I'm offering them seven lakhs fixed, three lakh variable. So uh, in, uh, in in what I've worked for me is I offer a four lakh variable to everybody, irrespective of the fixed. The reason behind is number one, uh, if what, rep A who's at a higher fix or uh, you know lower fix, if they're getting me the meeting, I want the meeting cost to remain the same. So I want to pay them the same variable amount if they're getting me eight meetings versus eighty meetings. Second, it helps me promote transparency because now what would like you said. If I could show everybody that, you know what, I, so most of the companies, the way they show uh, the numbers of the team is this is this is the achievement, 100%, 70%, 80%. I can easily show the numbers. Hey, you know, 100%, this is the incentive. Even if I don't show, everybody knows that they're the same number, so they can easily calculate. So that helps me, you know, go, go to sleep with, with that peace of mind that, you know, I don't have to hide anything from anybody. Everything is pretty transparent. So SDRA, who is a 20 lakhs, you know, earning 16 lakhs is fixed. He's also getting the same variable amount, right? Because I think, like I said, that that's what has uh, kind of made sense for me in the past. Yep. I think a couple of companies I have seen like having this structure of where they have a different fixed pay based on the seniority or like based on mm-hmm. like their previous salaries or like what they're eligible for that role, etc. But I've seen where they have a very uniform variable pay across the team, regardless of um, the tenure they come from but on the other hand i've also seen companies having the 70 30 or like 60 40 split and based on their uh, overall ctc mm-hmm. they're gonna make the money but i've also seen like these companies have them split into like the seniors have a different target and the juniors have a different Correct. target or probably like a junior SDR or a BDR will start off with a different ramp targets versus a senior BDR SDR. But I think having some kind of a justice made to an opportunity cost equal across the team is gonna kind of help uh, pretty much like uh, that is something that I would say as well. As a CEO, do you know what is an opportunity cost regardless of whom you hire? Right. Right, because I think uh, most of the companies, even in uh, APAC today, have this model of like the uniform split of the CTC, but not pretty much like a uniform variable pay across. So it might cause some ambiguity for the teams to kind of even understand what rest of their colleagues are making. And possibly like someone who is overachieving their number, like for example, a one to two year BDR is overachieving his number to possibly with a target of like six or eight, he might be overachieving at 10 or 12, but he has to kind of make 18 or 20 to get the same uh, incentive as a senior BDR or SDR who has the 70-30 split and even if they make four opportunities they might get more than the junior BDR 
like we have to kind of think through this this is no no i think uh, you you raised a good point that we can probably have another session where we talk about the you know growth path based on uh, how much target are they are they getting so for example just from while promoting somebody let's say next time just don't think about giving them money also give them extra higher target yep right so i think that kind of makes sense we can do we should do another session on that but thank you so much arshan i think we did cover a lot of stuff um what i'll do is i'll also add few guides which i have used in the past it's from a company called atrium atriumhq.com yeah. uh which simply and you don't have to like rack your brain simply enter the numbers uh which which you want your sdrs to hit and it will simply give you the whole math okay no need to uh, make those expensive um i mean if you can afford like i would say some some uh, you know new cool technology sure invest in that but i think these they they do provide you like some sort of excel sheet where you provide hey uh i want my team to hit 500 opportunities in a year it will simply tell you the, all the resources you need how many how much number in fact it also tells you the activities you require um per per day on a daily basis on a monthly yeah. basis on a weekly basis how many accounts do you need how many uh prospect do you need how how does your cadence should look like in a, in a split so it tells you everything so that's pretty self explanatory all right arshna we move to the last uh, part which is my favorite which is the rapid fire okay i'm going to ask you very tough questions yeah. <laughs> all right okay ready yes 1 2 3 all right tell me your favorite company except zendesk and except the companies you work for uh could be oracle okay oracle i have worked for could be google uh or possibly like slack and zoom i like all the products which is in the market on like high fire now so possibly yeah. these three companies nice all right next guest you would want to see on salesman uh possibly i would like to see uh neetu singh who is from actually freshworks and also she comes from salesforce background but i think one of those mentors who i see speak very high about the sdr bdr teams and is a big advocate of the uh sdr bdr teams awesome yeah i'm going to reach out to her uh your favorite favorite sales leaders as favorite sales leader in india and the world think i had worked with uh, dan kagan back in my replicon days he's moved on to kind of build and lead teams in canada docusign i think he's one of the saas business leader that i look up to in sales uh pretty much he's grown his team and multiplied it out possibly by 5x in the last 2 3 years and i feel like there is a sense of leadership and culture that is kind of thriving in his team uh something people don't know about you one thing one thing people don't know about you ah <laughs> uh, i would say like mostly people know like my close peers and like the friend circle might know about me but not on a bigger scale i have a twin sister who exactly looks like me wow. and people might be surprised if they kind of catch her on linkedin sometime uh, i've got couple of pings from couple of colleagues who have changed organizations or they met her somewhere and they're like hey you never said me a hi and i'm like i never saw you it should be probably my sister <laughs> <laughs> oh nice that 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 must be crazy Yeah I think you told me about this if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I did okay. mention to you last time. <laughs> cool, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much Rashna for being on the show and uh, I think we we did uh, discuss a lot of things which is going to help a lot of SDRs especially the new ones and uh, early stage founders, early stage leaders, I think everybody. Yeah. So great show. Thank you so much.
Thanks, Rahul. I have made a lot of notes from this session, so I am pretty confident that everyone would find this useful, uh, especially with the fact that we are very close to Q4 and we need to start planning for the coming year. I yeah. think this is just going to be a timely session. <laughs>